0: Welcome to the Embracing Courage podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm your host. Currently, I am the category director for Society and Culture for Podcast Magazine. And I'm also a leader for Club Pod, the fastest growing club for podcasters on Clubhouse. Every week, I host a room for podcasters called Beyond the Microphone and for the magazine every month I get to meet inspiring amazing podcasters and share their story in the magazine. Their passion has been so inspiring and infectious that I didn't have a choice but to actually start my podcast. I'm delighted you're here. Let's go inside and let's get comfortable. Today I am going to be talking about a sensitive subject that is happening in the world right now and I have to say that I have been feeling down for the past several weeks and I couldn't really identify where it was coming from. I had this generalized anxiety, and sadness. And it kind of came together for me the other day, when I was on CNN, and I saw the horrific video of the 65-year-old Asian woman be stomped and kicked for no reason while other people stood by and watched. I was livid, sad, and speechless. And I don't have anyone to share these thoughts with. So it made me or it rather it triggered me thinking about my childhood and my mother. My mother married my father who was in the Air Force, she was older than him. And she lived in Japan. Her brother and sister basically stopped speaking to her because she married a white man. They eventually um, came to the States. And I was born And at four, we moved back to Japan. Well, being in the Air Force, we lived on the Air Force Base. And I am so happy to say that even back in, I guess it would be 1967 to 1971, I grew up In a completely diverse and safe living environment and classrooms. The kids got along together. We didn't get teased. Nobody got bullied. I don't remember any type of racial hatred ever myself. Experiencing that. My neighbors were black, white, brown, etc. So I formed an opinion of how the world was based on the community on the Air Force Base. We then moved to California. And it was a neighborhood where most of the kids had parents in the military. And it was still safe, but not as much. And of course, my mother being Japanese, she felt very much at home in Japan. We had so many field trips, and I never felt different. Well, it came time for my parents to buy a home. And we moved to a lower class neighborhood, I wanted to say. I can't, it definitely wasn't middle class. And because I had this experience of freedom and acceptance in my elementary school in Japan, I was completely unprepared for my new elementary school after my parents bought the house. I got called names I had never heard and I would go home and ask my parents What does this mean? And I didn't realize until yesterday when I sat there thinking about this, that this is still part of my story and part of my shame, maybe, and why I have such a strong stance against bullying of anybody. I was bullied and called names by black, brown, and white children. They had never met anyone like me who wasn't part Asian. My mother also, uh, my parents raised me uh, pretty strictly. And I also had to wear dresses every day as a girl. And so when you're in fourth, fifth and sixth grade and you're the only one wearing dresses, besides the fact that I was um, having to study on my own because I was advanced for my grade, they didn't want to move me up because I was already younger than uh, people in my class. But I remembered a cruel joke that they played on me one day uh, during recess. And we had a Dairy Queen across the street from our school. And sometimes, you know, people would go to Dairy Queen and bring back slushies or something. And so we had these huge 18-wheeler tires that we would sit in and of course because i had a dress i had to be very careful getting in and out of this tire but somebody brought a cup from dairy queen and you know it looked like they were sharing it around the circle in the tire well when it got to me i drank from the straw which it looked like everybody was doing And lo and behold, it was actually raw eggs, and they had all set me up on that. And they did that on purpose to make fun of me. And uh, to this day, I cannot stand raw egg in any way, shape, or form. I cannot see any of it running on my plate, or I get a gag reflex. So that is, you know, my experience in my elementary school. And then in junior high, what happened is that my neighborhood, we were bused to a white junior high. And again, I was one of two half Asian students. And I believe there were probably three Vietnamese students and one Korean student. And junior high, it was a little bit better. Um, because I took on leadership roles, but I still heard under the breath comments, etc. about my ethnicity. And it wasn't until ninth grade that I could begin to wear pants. But that's a whole nother story. My mother, who moved from Japan to the United States would be very embarrassed to speak English. She also didn't teach me Japanese because of her own shame of her own culture living in the United States. I didn't learn how to cook. It was like sometimes we would go to the store. Or she would be trying to speak English to somebody and they would put her down or make fun of her accent. And so she did not want to speak English outside of the house, but even in the house, she never wanted to teach me Japanese. Now, because we lived in Japan for four years, I watched children's programming. And still today, there are words that I can recognize. But I had to take Japanese in college to feel closer to my own heritage. And I'm going to go on a little rant here, which is probably a little bit of a sidebar. But ethnically, who am I and how do I identify? Because the government only gives me the choice to be Asian Pacific Islander or white. Some businesses or corporations give you the option to say two or more races. But in this day and age, 2021, Why don't we have more ethnic and cultural options to claim as our heritage? Am I white? No. Am I Asian? No. I am a mix of both, but culturally because of where I grew up from fourth grade on, I don't identify with any of those. I was never friends with Asian people until college. I was never friends. Well, I can't say never friends, but I had very few white friends growing up. So nurture versus environment, I don't know. But seeing that video the other day made me think of my mother. Thank God. God, there wasn't violence like that when I was growing up where people would stand by and let an elderly woman be assaulted for no reason. You know, my mother actually passed away after I turned 18, and the reason that she passed away was she was so ashamed of her own uniqueness as a Japanese woman that she had a nose job. And two weeks after that, plastic surgery, which was very early on, really, my mother was 48, she had a stroke. And I know that it was probably because of that plastic surgery and the stress that she had endured in her life. She actually was in Japan during the war. And, you know, she had a hard life Once she married my husband, she had a hard life before she met my husband. I met my husband, met her husband, my father. You know, and I know that generational trauma is something that I am going to investigate as I look at deconstructing and unpacking my own life and my parents' lives, and my brother's life, and how my life has turned out. That was a lot of lives, and lives, (laughs) etc. Anyway, um, you know, and I carry that. I once read a book about uh, carrying your mother with you. And I think about that, and I can't ask her. And she didn't get help for that but imagine a woman falling in love with a man being disowned by her siblings moving to the states twice and then never seeing her brother and sister again and carrying so much shame and guilt my father eventually they got divorced and my father was with a white woman as his second wife. And I think that my mother felt less than and not worthy. And that was part of the reason why in her mind, having surgery on her nose, so that it could erase that part of her Asian features, that that would change her. And that's probably why I am very much against um, plastic surgery for people um, erasing ethnic features. Uh, It's everybody's choice to do so. But um, understanding that my mother's own self-hatred for her culture, one, it deprived me of half of my culture. But two, you know, nobody should ever feel that they need to change their physical outside to be accepted in a community or in the world. And so I believe all hate needs to stop, not just Asian hate and shame on Asian. Anybody who lets anybody and stands by idly while somebody is being attacked physically, verbally, assaulted. It's a sad, sad day in this world when groups of people, all people, have to still endure this type of hatred and behavior from people. Just when I feel like there's hope in this world. That people are becoming more aware. And more loving. And more kind. Things like this happen. And. You know. If you have. Asian friends. In your family network or community just reach out and send them a message because we ha- there's a lot of things happening in the world right now that are painful and it impacts all of us as a whole we are all connected when we're winning and when we're losing and when there are traumatic events happening in the world. You know, we have the Asian hate stuff happening now. And we have George Floyd's trial happening right now. And it's heartbreaking. The things that the witnesses are sharing. I'm not watching the full videos, but I'm reading. And this is what happens when people stand by you see something, say something, reach out to someone, lend a helping hand. You know, I think about the guy in London, I can't think of his name right now. I hope I can have him on my podcast. Um, he rescued a cop in England, risking his own life. And he stood up. He acted with courage. He jumped in to save a life without thinking about his own. And I hope that that's the kind of person that I am. I have been in some life-threatening situations where I was able to act and Perhaps I will get back around to those at some point. But please, if you're feeling sad these days or disconnected or questioning, you know, the things that are happening in the world, reach out to somebody and show support. Because there are a lot of people in this world, all over the world, not just in the United States, that are feeling sadness, isolation, depression, and anxiety about the state of the world. And thank you. I appreciate you. And tomorrow will be a new day full of hope. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Embracing Courage. I'm here to hold space for you and celebrate your wins. We are all on a journey of discovery and each of us shines uniquely bright. There's always joy, hope, and courage. Until next time, safe travels.